I hope this works. 7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast, 3 p.m. in London, New South Wales, Sydney, it's 12 midnight, and in Malaysia, it is a return to the Dark Ages. Yes! <laughs> I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. <sighs> Uh, yeah. I am, however, wearing this Miko merch. Just came in today. Yes, we love it. This is uh, Miko. This is our show logo. I'm not wearing pants with Jay Sheldon. <laughs> I will tell you, though, uh, two notes now that I actually have one of these shirts. Uh, one thing is order large. I mean, bigger than you would normally order. They were U.S. sizes. And I ordered an XL because I got a belly. And um, it's a little tight. It's not tight. It's just it ain't loose. And I prefer T-shirts that are loose. Um, if this one shrinks in the wash, I could be in trouble. So it's very comfortable. It's nice, soft. The quality is good. And the other note is don't order black because the print on black really does not come out all that well. I'm actually going to go into the store and I will edit the color choices so you can't pick black. But just fair warning, when you go to uh, Jay Sheldon No Pants uh, merch on twitch.tv, that's where you can find this. Um, there's all kinds of merchandise, Miko merchandise. It's all been Mikoed like this one. See, there, there we go. There she is. <laughs> and uh, by the way, if you're listening on the podcast, sorry, you'll have to check out rumble.com. I'm not wearing pants if you want to watch the video version of the show. So anyway, uh, I will take out the black option because it just, I don't, I don't, I'm not really 100% satisfied with this print. Uh, it looks good on the other colors, but on black, not so much. So just be warned, don't order black and order a larger size than you think you wear. Because XL for me is... Mm. okay, but not the way I like them, kind of loose and, you know, like that. So anyway, uh, it's Miko merch from I'm Not Wearing Pants. Make sure that you uh, you check that out. <laughs> hey, thanks to StreamBeat.com for the music. We went back to the rock anthems tonight because we love that. StreamBeats.com, you'll find free copyright strike-free music for all your streaming needs. Uh, just check it out, StreamBeats.com. Also, of course... Hello and thank you to all the hundreds, literally hundreds of people who have been listening on our podcast. Um, yeah, fan, fan freaking tastic. You guys just, um, you blow my mind. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, search I'm Not Wearing Pants and you'll see this show logo here. That's it. You can find all 75 now after tonight's episodes up there. Podcast audio only. And please do subscribe and download. We've had hundreds every week and uh, it's doing really well. Thank you. Subscriptions are going very well. Thank you for that. Those are the numbers that matter. On rumble.com, I'm not wearing pants. You can sign up for a free account, watch the video version replay of the show. They're all up there. 
So please do subscribe over there. Again, your subscriptions uh, really help. And I'm not going to keep boring you with all these ask this, ask that. Please do this, please do that, because it gets annoying. Besides, it's all right down there on the scroll anyway, so you can see it. I'm on a video call earlier today with a friend who's looking for some help with his new stream that's coming up. And the first thing he says to me on the video call is, wow, you look old. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Uh, I look tired, actually. I think that's what it is. Maybe it's the goatee. The goatee is coming in quite nicely. What do you think? Yeah? Yeah. Uh, we're growing it back. It makes me look older, but hey, I'm old. Locus Pocus, hello, and welcome to the stream to you. Locus along for the ride here. And wherever you may be watching, uh, Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitch.tv, or later on on Rumble, uh, rumble.com, I'm not wearing pants. Uh, welcome and thank you. And thanks to our podcast listeners. We got uh, a lot to talk about tonight and we're going to get right into it in just a moment here. Um, <laughs> oh man, Irene, Irene, Irene. Uh, my dear friend Irene posted this, and uh, I'm going to share it with you in a minute. Just stand by. Uh, just let's see. A couple other items of business we got to get to. Miko update. She's doing great. She got a brand new dog bed, and it's one that has like this canopy over it. I had to take the canopy off because she wouldn't, she wouldn't have nothing to do with it with the canopy on it. So we took the canopy off, and now it's just this nice elevated flat bed. The thing is, we have sliding glass doors in the front of the house. <laughs> yeah. And when we leave to go out for dinner or whatever, you know, right now we're under house arrest, so we can't go too many places too often, but we do go out and pick up dinner and bring it home. She always sits in the glass. It has curtains, but there's a crack, and she will sit there looking out at us with these puppy dog eyes because she's a puppy dog and she's like looking like oh i want to go with you so anyway um we got this elevated dog bed she's learning to love it so slowly but surely she's getting used to it hopefully otherwise i spent far too much money on a dog bed that's for nothing <laughs> So yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. Crazy Irene shared this and I had to share it with you because I thought it was fantastic. Uh, and in fact, you'll see right there at the bottom. You see that it says uh, my comment is I am so go. This is so going in the show tonight. <laughs> and there you go. I told you. Um, yeah. For all those of you who wear masks when you're alone in the car and I see this all the time here all the time here these idiots that wear masks driving alone in the car Ugh. anyway here it is for those of you who who do that it's the all-new outdoor seat belt available now yes there you go so now you can be protected from a car crash even when you're not in the car same reason I assume you wear your mask when you're driving alone in the car. Hey, Luna Amethyst, <laughs> welcome. And uh, nice to have you along for the ride here. A hearty hi-ho. Our studio audience is going nuts tonight. There's so many cheering and applauding. Yeah, so there you go. It's for all those of you who wear masks while you're driving alone in the car. There is the brand new uh, outdoor seat belt. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I just 
I just posted something as a comment in a group. Uh, very difficult, obviously, to, you know, catch catch the big C if uh, if you're outdoors. We, however, have not permitted people to do much of any kind of exercise except maybe, you know, running in place. You can't bicycle. You can't, uh, uh, you, I don't know, there's a whole bunch of you can'ts. Um, so anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, the science is that being outside, getting on the podcast, the stream keeps going down. Don't know why, but it does. And hopefully we will get reconnected as quickly as possible. We we are going up and down tonight a few times, I've noticed. So just please hang with it. If suddenly the stream stops, it'll be back. It's just for some reason there's this weird thing happening and um, the stream is going up and going down and I don't know why. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Um, oh, okay. I got to share this with you. You know, we talked on our last stream about it being a dumpling festival, dragon boat festival. Well, tonight we actually had dumplings. There you go. I don't know if you, there, it just came into focus. These are what's inside the package. You can see over here on this side, that's what it was wrapped in. It's like a, some sort of banana leaf or something. Pandan, it's not pandan leaf. I don't know what kind of leaf it is. All wrapped up with a string. And then inside is this glutinous rice. And one had uh, like uh, some sort of floss, whether it's chicken floss or pork floss, I don't know, uh, chestnuts, some sort of meat. <laughs> I know, some sort of meat, right? I, it's a, <laughs> that is a description for a lot of dishes here in Malaysia. It's got some kind of meat in it. So, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> we serve a lot of things here that have some kind of meat. We don't know what it is and we don't dare ask, but it's delicious and it's yummy, so we just eat it. <laughs> All right, again, a reminder, if the stream goes down, just please bear with me. It's been happening, I don't know why, but um, on all three platforms, Twitch, uh, YouTube, and Facebook, so we'll see what happens. All right, the, uh, the latest uh, crazy, stupid thing going on in uh, Malaysia is uh, Ismail Izani. And uh, yeah, these headlines. Now, I know this is only going to be important to you if you live in Malaysia, but for those of you around the other parts of the planet, just know that we have to put up with this bullshit in dealing with these morons. He was told off by his followers for sharing shirtless photos that, these are quotes, encourage others to sin. Um, this is from the MalayMail.com. If you want to read the whole story, you can go over there. But uh, this is the picture of um, of uh, Ismail. And uh, he has been uh, told off by some of his fans for showing off his newly attained buff physique. Some followers are asking the 21-year-old to refrain from sharing shirtless photos because it was an invitation for others to sin. Uh, yeah, okay, whatever. Some fans explained to the Jim Buff that regular public displays of of his would encourage sin. Because, I don't, he can't even read this because he's exposing his orat and other intimate body parts. Yeah, okay. Um, 
you know what? I was going to read more of this, but it's so absurd and so stupid. I'm just not even uh, comments spotted on Ismail's latest Instagram post. So be sure you go over and follow him. Show your support by following him. Uh, despite the negative comments, many people were in awe of uh, the Luau Biasa singer's ripped physique and good looks. Um, the most muscular body of 2021, one fan wrote. I'd like to super like this photo, but I can't, said another. Um, he is the son of singer uh, Datin Sulaisi Salam. So they've been working out vigorously for several months. Oh, seven months before he achieved his dream body. Uh, had a fitness coach, worked out five times a week. Fantastic. Forced himself to eat a whole chicken for lunch as part of a strict diet plan that would help uh, bulk him up. Uh, he's the UNICEF ambassador, UNICEF Malaysia ambassador, and congratulations to UNICEF for using a cool guy like this. He uh, used to weigh 57 kilos, 57 kg. Working out and gain muscle increased his self-confidence and his muscle mass. So a hearty hi-ho and a big cheer for singer Ismail Izani. And... Uh, <laughs> Don't listen to the fools, all right? It's just not worth it. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, what else we got going on here tonight? Uh, oh, 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 yes. Huge good idea. I saw this and I loved it. This is such, such a cool thing. Hang on, because I need more coffee. I'm a little hyper tonight, huh? Yeah. Actually, I'm hyper because the stupid up and down on my stream, and I don't know what's going on. But so far, it says something about being interlaced. I don't know what it's talking about. It's not interlaced. Okay. In America, you guys are just a week, a couple of weeks away from the 4th of July. Big, huge fireworks celebration for you there. A lot of folks with fireworks, illegal or not, they still have them. And a lot of pets, particularly dogs, can't stand fireworks. You know how sensitive their hearing is, and you understand that if you're going to be doing that loud banging crap, the dogs are going to be reacting to it. So somebody posted this, and uh, let me see, who should I give a hat tip to? Uh, oh, David Hoover. All right. David, nice job. Um I saw this and I thought this was such a brilliant idea. And for you Malaysians who are watching, know that the next big holiday coming up, whatever it might be, Merdeka, I think that's in August, end of August. Um, we've just gotten through Raya. We got through Chinese New Year, Taipusam. Uh, anyway, the next time you think about going out and grabbing a big bag of fireworks to light off for the holidays, how about this idea? Buy two bags of pet food for a shelter instead of fireworks and make a difference instead of making a noise. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely brilliant. And what a great idea. So instead of wasting your money, um, but bear with it and it'll come back. This is really ticking me off. I don't know why. Uh, very strange. I'm going to take just a second here to take a look at what might be the problem. Because if this keeps happening, I, I don't know why. That's yeah, weird. Okay. 
Can't deal with it at the moment. Uh, here we go. All right. Uh, we're at least back up on Twitch and YouTube. Facebook, I don't know about, but we'll figure it out later. Um, okay, I got to, sh- uh, this, this is related to the first, um, to the first thing about instead of buying fireworks, buy pet food, donate it. Um, I saw this and I thought, what a great thought. Uh, it's just words. So if you're listening to the podcast, don't worry, you're not missing anything. Um, just a reminder when you are adopting a pet to take the time to meet the scared ones the shy ones, the ones that don't stick out to you, the ones that hide under their beds or blankets or litter pans, the ones that hiss, the ones that bark and shake and cry and look at you with confusion, the ones that cower, the ones with boring colors, the ones with missing limbs, the older ones, the frail ones, The ones who seem beyond repair. The ones who seem to have given up. Because they are not beyond repair. And they haven't given up. They just need you. And sometimes you really need them too. Wow. Nice. So the next time you're thinking about adopting a pet, You go to the shelter. Instead of going after that so cute, adorable one that you know everybody's going to want, pick the ones that are a little off, that are a little weird, like you. Because they need you. And like that says, sometimes you need them too. That's brilliant. I love that when I saw it. Very, very cool. Excuse me again. All right. Uh, The other thing on our headline tonight was a tree in Malaysia, that bleeds metal. Yeah, really, I know. Sorry, more coffee. Okay, a tree that bleeds metal absolutely is true. You may know about this if you live in Malaysia. In fact, if we have any listeners over in Sabah and Sarawak, you likely do know about this. But um, this is the article from therockyachtpost.com. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Again, please go to therockyachtpost.com. You can check out the article. It's very cool. But um, this is an actual, this is not a Photoshop job. Again, if you're uh, listening to the podcast, you can go over to rumble.com. I'm not wearing pants. Check out the video version of our show. But this is the actual thing. The headline is, there is a tree in Sabah. That's a part of... Um, Malaysia that's over on the island of Borneo that bleeds metal and scientists say it may help us save the environment. This is the actual tree and not many may be aware but Malaysia is officially recognized as the 12 most megadiverse which is biodiversity rich country in the world. Imagine According to the Malaysia Biodiversity Information System, the full extent of the country's flora diversity isn't even known, and it's estimated to consist of 15,000 species. Now, because of this, uh, the new species of plants continue to be discovered in the region, and there was an accidental discovery. There's a beautiful picture of Kinabalu Park. Uh, An accidental discovery of the metal-bleeding tree. Um... 
the Kinabalu Park in 2013 planted a bunch of philanthus plants of unknown species in the garden uh, collected from uh, the park boundary. And around that time, a group of scientists led by Dr. Anthony van der Ent, a researcher at the University of Queensland, well, we're collecting plant samples, looking for hyperaccumulators. Look at that beautiful shot. Wow. Hyperaccumulators are plants that had evolved to take up usually toxic metals like nickel and zinc, and they absorb it in through their stems and leaves and even seeds. They don't just tolerate these toxic metals, they actually crave it. The roots of these hyperaccumulators soak up the metal out of the soil and nobody really knows why. Scientists think it could be a evolutionary trait to fight off pests or even help in the uptake of potassium from the soil. What scientists found in the plant was the evidence of very strong nickel hyperaccumulator, among the strongest known globally, which has some really exciting potential for agro, agroming, agro mining, where metal is actually extracted through plants. So when you cut into this tree, the Philanthus rufus chanei something tree, it bleeds a dark blue-green sap, which is full of nickel. Nickel-rich sap, also far more concentrated than the nickel ores that are currently used in the world's smelters. That is absolutely incredible. Look at these pictures of... Uh, places around Sabah, uh, habitats of uh, the tree in Lompoyu Hill in Sabah. It's brilliant. There's a scientist collecting some samples. And uh, they, they mentioned it might help to save the environment. It's actually classified as an endangered species, according to the International Union for Conser Conservation of Nature and Natural Resources. Uh, because the tree exists in very limited population, uh, in ultra-mafic soils, uh, soils and highly vulnerable to recurring forest fires, logging, hello, and the expansion of oil palm plantations in Sabah. We all know about that drama. So anyway, uh, it's, uh, it's an endangered species and brilliant. Look at that. That's a sad picture. Loss of uh, biodiversity. But yeah, these uh, plants are absolutely incredible. And there's a art, more about this article. You go to the rockyachtpost.com, check it out. It's absolutely fascinating and full of information. This is a well-written article there at, uh, at the rockyachtpost.com. So please do, uh, do follow up with that. <clears throat> All right, on to our next topic. How are you tracked? How do they know? How does big tech follow you? There is no segue. It's just bang, new topic. That's it, done. You ever been having a conversation about something? And the next thing you know, on your Facebook feed or your Twitter feed or your Instagram, you're seeing ads for whatever it was you were talking about? Or maybe you weren't even talking about it. Now, we all know if you look up something on Google or wherever you search for things or you click on an ad for something, the cookies are going to tell every other advertiser, hey, look at this guy. He's been looking at a magazine or, or wherever. And suddenly you're seeing ads for it. 
Not that you talked about it. You know, is your phone listening? No, chances are your phone is not listening to you, okay? Um, the computing power that it would be required to record every conversation from every person with one of these handphones and then voice recognition, it would be beyond the capabilities that most anybody has and frankly not worth it. But there are ways that they can and do figure out ways to send you ads for things that you may not think about. This is from Robert Reeve. Listen closely to this. He says, I'm back from a week at my mom's house and now I'm getting ads for her toothpaste brand, the brand I've been putting in my mouth for a week. We never talked about this brand. We never Googled it or anything like that. As a privacy tech worker, let me explain why this is happening. First of all, your social media apps are not listening to you. This is a conspiracy theory. It's been debunked a thousand ways to Sunday. But frankly, they don't need to listen to you because everything else you give them unthinkingly is way cheaper and way more powerful. Your apps collect a ton of data from your phone. Your unique device ID your location, your demographics, we notice. Data aggregators pay to pull in data from everywhere. When I use my discount card at the grocery store, every purchase, that is a data set and that is for sale. They can match your Harris Teeter purchases to the Twitter account because I gave them both of these companies my email addresses and phone numbers. And I agreed to all that data sharing when I accepted the terms and service and the privacy policy. You click on yes and you don't read anything. Here's where it gets truly nuts, though. If my phone is regularly in the same GPS location as another phone, they take note of all that. They start reconstructing the web of people that you're regularly in contact with. The advertisers can cross-reference my interests and browsing history and purchase history to those people around me. It starts showing me different ads based on the people around me. Friends, family, co-workers. It'll serve me ads for things I don't want, but it knows someone I'm in regular contact with might want it. Subliminally to get me to start a conversation about, and I don't know, toothpaste? It never needed to listen to me for this. It just compared aggregate metadata, mine and somebody that I'm next to. The other thing is, and this is just out there in the open, tons of people report on this. It's just nobody cares. We have decided that our privacy just isn't worth it. It is a losing battle, and we have already given away way too much of ourselves. So, yeah, you wonder why. They know my mom's toothpaste. 
They know I was at my mom's. They know my Twitter. Now I've got Twitter ads for my mom's toothpaste. Your data isn't just about you. It's about how it can be used against every other person that you know and people you don't to shape behavior unconsciously. Apple's latest update lets you block apps that are tracking, and Facebook is really pissed off about that. They are begging you to just press accept and go back to business as usual. Well, block the hell out of every ad's app. Every app's ads. It's not just about you. Your data reshapes the internet. Seriously, and with the geolocating and all the stuff you agree to give them right up front. Um, yeah, it's just, it's out there and they are finding ways to use that uh, and doing that a lot. Wow. All right, I got one more. I got one more and I know we've been up and down tonight. I don't even know if this is going to be working uh, because our... Our live portion keeps going up and keeps going down. By the way, I, I will get a decent quality copy of all of this show and I'll upload it where it seems to have died. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Okay, um, I got one last one and then we'll move on to Little Prince and get going here. Um, this is so good. I love this. Again, if you're on the podcast... It's it's just words on a page. You can just listen to the my voice version of this. But listen close, because this really says a lot. When I was in seventh grade, our teacher washed. Quickly, everyone was very silent. Steve was sent to the principal's office. The teacher came back in the room and said something like, See how easy that was? We were reading Anne Frank, and I began to understand. I just thought now was a good time to share this story. Don't ever let anyone tell you what you see with your own eyes isn't happening. A brilliant life lesson there from a uh, Kevin Nathan who posted that. Really, really deep. And if you haven't read Anne Frank, you probably should. Yeah, that's amazing. Amazing. All right, guys. Um, I, uh, I'm going to move on into The Little Prince. And I'm going to hope that our live stream lasts long enough to put this together. Because we've had one of those nights... I don't know. It's probably the internet. Uh, it's some interlace problem, and I don't know why, because I haven't had that issue before. But you know me in high tech, right on top of it. <laughs> Here we go. All right. It is, uh, it is The Little Prince. That's the book we have been uh, reading and sharing with everyone. And um, we're going to continue to do that. We're up to Chapter 11. And this one is called The Little Prince Visits the Conceited Man. The second planet was inhabited by a conceited man. Ah, ah, 
I am about to receive a visit from an admirer, he exclaimed from afar when he saw the little prince coming. For to conceited men, all other men are admirers. Good morning, said the little prince. That is a queer hat you're wearing. It's a hat for salutes, the conceited man replied. It is to raise and salute when people acclaim me. Unfortunately, nobody ever passes this way. Yes, said the little prince, who did not understand what the conceited man was talking about. Clap your hands, one against the other, the conceited man now directed him. The little prince clapped his hands. The conceited man raised his hat in a modest salute. There is more entertaining than the visit to the king. This is more entertaining than the visit of the king, the little prince said to himself, and he began again to clap his hands, one against the other. The conceited man again raised his hat in salute. After five minutes of this exercise, the little prince grew tired of the game's monotony. And what should one do to make the hat come down, he asked. But the conceited man didn't hear him. Conceited people never hear anything but praise. Do you really admire me very much, he demanded of the little prince. What does that mean, admire? To admire means that you regard me as the handsomest, the best dressed, the richest, and the most intelligent man on this planet. Um, but you are the only man on your planet. Uh, do me this kindness. Admire me just the same. Oh, I admire you, said the little prince, shrugging his shoulders slightly. Uh, but what is there in that to interest you so much? And the little prince went away. The grown-ups are certainly very odd, he said to himself, as he continued on his journey. <laughs> yeah. Chapter 12. The Little Prince Visits the Tippler. The next planet was inhabited by a tippler. This was a very short visit, but it plunged the Little Prince into deep dejection, inquired the Little Prince, who already was sorry for him. Forget that I am ashamed, the tippler confessed. Ashamed of what? insisted the little prince, who wanted to help him. Ashamed of drinking, the tippler brought his speech to an end and shut himself up in an impregnable silence. And the little prince went away, puzzled. The grown-ups are certainly very, very odd he said to himself as he continued on his journey. Chapter 13. The Little Prince Visits the Businessman. The fourth planet belonged to a businessman. Now this man was so much more occupied that he didn't even raise his head at the Little Prince's arrival. Good morning, the Little Prince said to him. Your cigarette has gone out. 
3 and 2 make 5, 5 and 7 make 12, 12 and 3 make 15, good morning, 15 and 7 make 22, 22 and 6 make 28. I haven't had time to light it again. 26 and 5 make 31, phew, uh, that makes 501,622,731. million what? asked the little prince. Um, are you still there? That 501 million, I can't stop. I have so much to do. I'm concerned with matters of consequence. I don't amuse myself with balderdash. Two and five uh, make seven. 501 million what? replied the prince, who never in his life had let go of a question once he'd asked it. Now the businessman raised his head. During the 54 years that I have inhabited this planet, I have been disturbed only three times. The first time was 22 years ago when some giddy goose fell from goodness knows where. He made the most frightful noise that resounded all over the place, and I made four mistakes in my addition. The second time, 11 years ago, I was disturbed by an attack of rheumatism. I don't get enough exercise. I have no time for loafing. The third time, well, this is it. I was saying then, 501 millions, millions of what? The businessman suddenly realized that there was no hope of being left in peace until he answered the question. Millions of those little objects, he said, which one sometimes sees in the skies flies. No, no, the, the glittering little objects. Bees? Oh, no, little golden objects that set lazy men to idle dreaming. As for me, I'm concerned with matters of consequence. There is no time for idle dreaming in my life. Ah, you mean the stars. Yes, that's it, the stars. And what do you do with 500 million of stars? 501,622,731. I'm concerned with matters of consequence. I am accurate. And what do you do with these stars? What do I do with them? Yes, nothing. I own them. You own the stars? Yes. Uh, but I've already seen a king who kings do not own. They reign over. It's a very different matter. And what good does it do you to own the stars? It does me the good of making me rich. And what good does it do for you to be rich? It makes it possible for me to buy more stars, if any are ever discovered. This man, the little prince said to himself, reasons a little like my poor Tippler. Nevertheless, he still had more questions. How is it possible for one to own the stars? To whom do they belong? The businessman retorted peevishly. I do not know. To nobody. Then they belong to me. Yes, that is true, said the little prince. 
And what do you do with them? I administer them, replied the businessman. I count them and recount them. It is difficult, but I am a man who is naturally interested in matters of consequence. The little prince was still not satisfied. If I owned a silk scarf, he said, I could put it around my neck and take it away with me. If I owned a flower, I could pluck that flower and take it away with me. But you cannot pluck the stars from heaven. No, but I can put them in the bank. Whatever does that mean? That means that I write the number of my stars on a little paper, and then I put this paper in a drawer, and I lock it with a key. And that's all? That's enough, said the businessman. It is entertaining, thought the little prince. It's rather poetic, but it is of no great consequence. On matters of consequence, the little prince had ideas which were very different from those of the grown-ups. I myself own a flower, he continued his conversation with the businessman, which I water every day. I own three volcanoes, which I clean out every week, for I also clean out the one that is extinct. One never knows. It is of some use to my volcanoes. It is of some use to my flower that I own them. But you are of no use to the stars. The businessman opened his mouth, but he found nothing to say in answer, and the little prince went away. The grown-ups are certainly altogether extraordinary, he said simply, talking to himself as he continued on his journey. <laughs> and that's where we're going to leave it for tonight. Uh, we'll do chapter 14. The Little Prince visits the Lamplighter on our next stream. So be sure you check that out for next time. All right. All right. Let's see. Where are we now? Here we go. Okay. Um, yeah. That's going to do it for tonight. Thanks for uh, jumping along for the ride here. Uh, Rumble.com. I'm not wearing pants. Please subscribe. Free account. Free subscription over there. Thanks to all our podcast listeners. Um, I will have the, <laughs> hopefully, a corrected and uninterrupted video version of the show back up on our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Well, Twitch does its own thing, but also Rumble.com. Uh, apologies for the stream tonight. I don't know what happened with this uh, software, but we will certainly get it fixed by this time Saturday night. Really, that's our next stream is coming up on Saturday night. Yeah, 10 o'clock. We'll see you there. All right, guys. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining in. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe all across wherever you may be listening, our podcast, our video, uh, our video show. Uh, that's it. Thanks. I'm Jay Sheldon, not wearing pants. Good night.